We're just a little over a week into South Carolina's fall camp, and Spencer Rattler is doing exactly what he needs to do in his new role. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I am Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and you can find my written work over on Gamecocks Digest on SI.com. Thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team every day. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. South Carolina held their first scrimmage of fall camp this past Saturday, and Shane Beamer spoke to the media afterwards, and boy, did he have a lot to say. We're going to unpack a lot of his comments that he had regarding different facets of the team on today's show. Some of those comments, including Spencer Rattler and his leadership role, Nicholas Harper and how he's progressing and pushing one of South Carolina's defensive leaders. Also, What's going on with Antoine Juice-Wells and the potential injury he might have? We'll be discussing all of that on this Monday edition of Locked On Gamecocks. Now, the first area that I want to touch on is Spencer Rattler. Because based on Shane Beamer's comments from his presser this past Saturday, Rattler is doing exactly what he needs to do so far in fall camp. And that is showing continuous growth in a new leadership role. This is something that I have brought up on this show before. I talked about this back on our August 3rd show, where I essentially said that Spencer Rattler, we know that he's got the confidence now in this system and in this new offensive play caller in Dow Loggins. But now, can he take that confidence and use that to rally everyone else around him? Here's a clip of me dissecting what all that could look like in fall camp. At this point, the question is, how does Spencer Rattler take his comfort and confidence that has grown in this new scheme and use it to sort of rally everyone else around him, make the guys around him better? When team periods or situational drills happen, which involves 11-on-11 work, How does Spencer Rattler interact with his teammates? Is communication with everyone held to a certain standard? Because we know now, Spencer, again, he has grown in confidence both in this playbook, but also in his role as a leader on this team. How does he now take that and take his energy and his enthusiasm for this offense and invest that into his teammates? Now, regarding what Spencer Rattler has done in August to this point, Here's what Shane Beamer had to say about Rattler's continued growth this offseason and throughout the past eight or nine days. Really pleased with where he is right now. I think he's grown as a leader uh, over the summer and over the year. Uh, He's got a great relationship with Dow and the way that they work together. 
his knowledge of the offense. There are some carryover, is some carryover from what we did last year, but terminology-wise, there's a lot that's that's different as well. Um, so there's things that he's had to learn, but he seems very confident. You know, I was cognizant today of the play clock and being able to communicate and get things in and call stuff and didn't have any issues with that, and he did a great job. So I think really, Colin, just his command of the offense and and uh, – uh, He's a competitor. You got to love hearing that if you're a South Carolina Gamecock fan, because we all know what Spencer Rattler can do in terms of his actual skill set at the quarterback position. We all witnessed that to the highest degree against Tennessee and Clemson this past fall. And there's never been a doubt that Spencer Rattler has had a certain swagger and confidence in his own abilities, which dates back to when he was playing high school football in Arizona and when he was playing under Lincoln Riley over at Oklahoma. But if South Carolina is going to reach its ceiling for this season, if they're going to fulfill their potential, Spencer Rattler will have to be the biggest reason why. But number seven cannot do it all alone. He needs to have everyone else right there with him, especially on that offensive side of the ball. Which means that the things that people don't pay a lot of attention to must be on point. The communication, pre-snap recognition, everything that being a leader at the quarterback position involves. And so far, it sounds like that Spencer Rattler is doing just that in fall camp. It's a great sign for South Carolina's football team. Another big time positive storyline to talk about from what's happening in fall camp so far is this freshman class, which, according to Shane Beamer, is adapting pretty quickly. He was asked about what the big difference has been between the summer enrollees and the January enrollees when he was talking to the media after the Gamecocks' first fall camp scrimmage back on Saturday. And Shane Beamer gave an answer that, once again, is going to be music to Gamecock fans' ears. Here's what he had to say. Quote, Probably not as much as you might think regarding the difference between the summer and early enrollees. This is a talented freshman class we got. It really is. You look across the board, O-line, D-line, receiver, defensive back, quarterback, and running back. There's some really talented freshmen, and they don't look like they just got here. So when I say that you can't really tell a difference, to me, that's more of a compliment to the freshmen that did just get here and the whole freshman class in general. Now, this answer validates a few particular points. The first one being that this class is just different than the ones that South Carolina have reeled in in recent years. When was the last time we were talking about this many freshmen potentially being able to contribute and or start for this team? There's a couple freshmen that come to mind in terms of possible starters here. Offensive lineman Marquis Anderson, linebacker Pup Howard, and there's others that could factor in for significant snaps this season. Jalon Kilgore, Judge Collier, Nick Harper, Vakari Swain, Big Tree Babalade, Trevon Baugh, and DJ Braswell, a kid that was specifically noted by Shane Beamer as someone who's, quote, got a chance to be a really good player for South Carolina. 
This answer also validates that this staff has an innate ability to evaluate talent and find talent that can make an instant impact. They've already found several diamonds in the rough when it comes to the 2022 class from what we've seen so far. And it seems like they've done it again, but this time to an even higher degree with the 2023 class. And it also, admittedly, is a credit to the changes that the NCAA made regarding how much time these coaches can spend with these players during the summer. I don't know the exact number of hours off the top of my head, but I do know that some of these coaches, they're actually able to offer some instruction to some of these players throughout the summer. That's something that in previous years was not allowed to happen whatsoever. But because of that change now, some of these early enrollees, they're not so far behind the eight ball like they were in years past compared to their January enrollee counterparts. So this answer, again, Gamecock fans should love every single bit of this because it just re-solidifies the notion that this freshman class is going to help immediately and it is something that is going to be needed at certain positions for South Carolina's football team. Now, we're going to continue talking about some of the positive storylines that we are seeing coming out of fall camp so far. One of them talking about Nicholas Harper and his progression, and another one relating to one of the more prevalent messages that has been espoused by Shane Beamer this entire offseason. We're going to be sure to dive into those storylines in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. In jobs. Now, as a small business owner, you always want to have access to the most qualified candidates that are looking to work in your field, whether that means you're working in retail, whether you work in transportation, or maybe you work in warehousing and storage. If you find yourself in a position where you're struggling to find the right people for your company, then you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs because it'll help you find those people. Just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring and utilize tools like screening questions to filter through the candidates and make the right hires. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions still apply. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. And as always, thank you to all of you everydayers for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage. All right, let's continue with some of these positive storylines that are coming out of fall camp so far. Continuing to dissect what all Shane Beamer said at his presser on Saturday afternoon. And this next one involves one of South Carolina's biggest crown jewels from the 2023 recruiting class that they reeled in, and that is Nicholas Harper, who apparently is already pushing one of South Carolina's best players. Nick Evanwery 
Here's how Nick Harper has gotten Nick Emmonworry's attention. Shapeamer said on Saturday, quote, Torian Gray was kidding with me the other day that Nick Emmonworry's upset because Nick feels like he was the fastest guy on the team. And now Nick Harper's come in and kind of apparently taken that mantle. So there's great competition in practice. Every time I see any kind of one-on-one rep going on with Nick Harper, there's a pretty good chance that Nick Evanwari is out there competing against him, which is going to make both of those guys better. Now, this is going to sound like a broken record, but South Carolina fans, I know that you're eating this up because let's think about this for a second. Nick Evanwari was a first-team freshman All-American this past season, according to ESPN, Pro Football Focus, and On3 Sports, he received multiple nods in that aspect. He led South Carolina's defense in total tackles as a true freshman. And he also is beloved by the fan base because he's basically the closest you can get to being a hometown kid hailing from Irmo, South Carolina, which is, I believe, just less than a half hour away from the University of South Carolina. So the bottom line with me bringing up all those points is that Nick Worry has multiple reasons or had multiple reasons this offseason for why he could have maybe taken his foot off the gas a little bit, decided that he was going to go a little bit easier on himself heading into his sophomore campaign. But a five-star world-class sprinter in Nick Harper has come in and, at least according to Beamer's words here, given Worry reason to maintain his competitive fire and the underdog edge that he likely possessed coming into this past season based on how he was overlooked by a lot of big-time football programs coming out of high school. This is a great example for Shane Beamer and his staff to utilize about the importance of competition. It is something that Shane Beamer has talked about a lot at some of these pressers, how competition is one of the pillars of his program, and he wants everyone to maintain that mentality and that attitude, whether you are basically a four-string bench warmer or practice squad player, or you're a starter on this team. He wants everybody to maintain the same level of competitive fire. And if he didn't exaggerate at least a little bit when talking about Nick Evanwari and Nicholas Harper here, This is something that he can point to for everybody else. It sets a great example for the rest of this team. And for South Carolina, a team that is trying to take that next step, a team that wants to be taken seriously in this conference, which is already starting to happen. But if South Carolina wants to be recognized in that upper echelon of teams, teams like Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee tries to throw himself into the mix as well, but those are sort of the top three programs in this conference right now. If South Carolina wants to join that group, or at the very least be talked about just as much as some of these other programs that maybe haven't done as well in recent years, this is the kind of stuff that can help your team take the next step. When your players see a guy like Nick Evan worry, push themselves even more because of some of these other guys that are coming to the program, guys that have not even played a single collegiate snap yet here in Columbia. It's just great all around, not just for those two individuals, but also for this entire team as a whole in terms of sort of seeing where the bar should be set at 
for everybody across the board. Now, some other good news about Nicholas Harper is apparently his mindset regarding football right now, it is pretty doggone good. A lot of people were concerned when he came to South Carolina that because he has big-time track aspirations, that there was a chance that he wouldn't take his football career very seriously. But according to Shane Beamer, that's not the case so far. He said on Saturday, quote, You worry about some of these track guys sometimes. Do they just want to come out there and run fast and shy away from contact? Not that guy, referring to Nicholas Harper. So, Nicholas Harper, right mentality, and already pushing some of South Carolina's best defensive players. You gotta love hearing that about the true freshman from Washington, D.C. Now, one last positive storyline that I want to touch on real quick. Offensive turnovers. Again, a message that has been sent by Shane Beamer to this team through the media countless times this offseason. He wants to see these turnovers cut down in 2023. He is tired of seeing South Carolina at the top of the SEC when it comes to giveaways on that side of the ball. And apparently, at least in these practice settings, the Gamecocks offense is protecting the football at a much higher clip so far. As Shane Beamer said on Saturday, quote, We did a study on the number of turnovers in team periods through the first five practices in 2021 and 2022 compared to 2023, this fall camp. And through five practices, the turnovers have been cut in half from an offensive standpoint. Now, he did mention that in the following practice, the Gamecock offense proceeded to have six turnovers, which was much higher than all the other days. But on Friday and Saturday, including the scrimmage, South Carolina had just one interception on each of those days. So my takeaway from these comments is that Spencer Rattley, the offense, they are heeding the advice of Shane Beamer, and they understand that less turnovers is going to therefore equal more opportunities for them to be able to put points on the board this season, which is going to be imperative for the Gamecocks. And it will also simultaneously take stress off of the defense and in a way, special teams. Now, my one hope with these comments is that this is not the case due to, say, Spencer being more hesitant when it comes to taking shots down the field, being aggressive. I'm hoping that this is not at the expense of these quarterbacks' willingness to be aggressive and try to thread the needle at times down the field. Again, if you want to win football games, especially football games in the SEC, sometimes you got to be willing to take some chances. And so we, of course, hope that this offense is still taking chances while being smarter when it comes to the times in which they take those chances in practice. Hopefully they can parlay that over from fall camp into the regular season. Okay, we've put it off long enough. So now let's talk about a couple of negative fall camp storylines or potential negative storylines to watch based on what Shane Beamer said at his presser on Saturday. And the very first one that we've got to talk about is Juice Wells and the possible injury situation that is currently evolving at this point in time. Because Shane Beamer said that Juice Wells did not participate in South Carolina's scrimmage on Saturday, and he also said that Juice Wells will not be back this week. And there's a certain portion of the remaining statement that he gave 
regarding Juice Wells' injury that has some fans greatly concerned. And here is the remainder of that statement. Quote, Juice won't be back this week, but we're optimistic that he'll be ready for game one, knowing how Juice attacks things. He's got a little bit of a lower body injury that he's dealing with right now. Nothing long term. He assures me he's playing game one, and knowing him, he will. Now, some people have been freaking out about this because they might think that the wording in that statement means that this could be a lingering injury, something that keeps Juice Wells out possibly long term, unlike what Shane Beamer said. I'll address that specific facet in a minute, but I will say if you are freaking out about this quote, I do think you should stop, take a few deep breaths, and relax for a minute. Let's talk through this. Shane did not say that he thinks that Juice Wells will miss the entire season. He did not say that he thinks that he could miss multiple games. All he said was that he was optimistic that Juice Wells would be ready for the North Carolina game. Based on this quote and also the way he said it, if you go back and watch Shane Beamer's presser, I think we could take Shane at his word for it when it comes to this situation. We also got to remember, as of today, there's 19 days remaining until kickoff for South Carolina's football season. That means that with whatever injury Juice Wells is dealing with right now, he's got almost three weeks to recover before South Carolina takes the field against the Tar Heels in Charlotte. Another thing that I want to address real quick, I think that a lot of fans, part of the reason why you might be worried about this quote is because of what Will Muschamp did when he was the head coach here at South Carolina. I think we can all recall when it came to injuries and Will Muschamp, Will Muschamp always tried to make it out like the injuries were not as bad as they actually were. And there were certainly some instances where he would make it out like maybe it was a sprain or maybe a strain. And it turned out that it was an injury that was going to take a player out for more than that week, but also multiple weeks. In certain cases, maybe even almost half of a season. And that happened a ton under Will Muschamp because he essentially, again, treated the media like they were espionage agents and they were all out to get him when it came to injury information, which admittedly, to a certain extent, the media is like that, but they are also reasonable. Shane Beamer does not go about injuries in the same manner that Will Muschamp did. But I can understand how fans would still interpret these quotes that way because of how much Will Muschamp did that stuff during his tenure. Now, in terms of the people who worry about this injury potentially being one that could linger, maybe it is actually a long-term issue. I can't and won't dispute that because I don't have any solid information to go against that. But in my opinion, that would only be a concern if the staff doesn't handle the injury properly. That is how some of these lingering injuries can end up becoming a multi-month issue, is if the staff and especially the training staff do not keep a careful and cautious eye on Juice Wells and how all he is performing when it comes to maybe just simply working out or actually going out there on the football field and going through plays, going through individual drills, so on and so forth. I would imagine that Juice is going to be shut down for this week and 
even when he does return to the practice field. I would also imagine that he's probably not going to participate in everything the offense does from this point forward throughout the rest of fall camp. But Juice Wells does not have to do that because he has rapport with Spencer Rattler. He understands this offense. He knows what this offense is going to look like. That's not to say that Juice Wells does not need any reps. He probably does need some reps at least the week leading into the North Carolina game, especially if he is going to be able to play. But my point being, it is not the worst thing in the world for Juice Wells to take some time to rest up, recoup, and recover from whatever is ailing him at this moment in time. So those are my thoughts on the Juice Wells injury situation. In essence, take a deep breath and relax. I don't think we have any reason to be extremely concerned, at least not at this point in time. We'll see if anything changes as the coming weeks go by. Now, the other thing I want to address real quickly, the running game. It wasn't shut down in the scrimmage. But from what Shane said, the running game, the ground game, it still struggled to make plays happen. Now, I talked about this this past Friday. And I said that we needed to hear that the ground game went toe-to-toe with South Carolina's rush defense. And while it didn't sound like it was, again, completely lopsided on Saturday, it doesn't seem like that South Carolina's rushing attack outperformed the Gamecocks' rush defense. Here's what Schimpenberg had to say in this soundbite and clip. Getting there, certainly got a lot of work to do. Um, I didn't see... You know, a ton of just downhill runs that, you know, uh, were popping out of there. So credit the defense for that. A couple of the longer runs that we did have today were plays that, you know, popped out on the perimeter. Uh, We had a goal line period where we just put the ball in the two-yard line and, you know, made the offense run the ball to see if we can run the ball down there in a goal line physical situation like that, put it on the two-yard line, and the defense did – the offense had a run in there, but the defense did a nice job stopping it. So it's still a work in progress, Phil, and we've – each each side has certainly, you know, shown shown flashes of – of being able to do that. You know, the biggest thing that I see with these, you know, just the offensive line and defensive line is just being able to uh, sustain drives and effort as a drive goes on. You know, we get to play eight, play nine in a drive, and and uh, we're not where we need to be younger guys, particularly with that second group of being able to sustain things. We've got to uh, be more physically and mentally tougher, uh, and that'll certainly help with running the ball and stopping it. Now, there's a couple of things that I gather from Shane Beamer's comments here. One, explosive plays were clearly few and far in between, especially between the tackles. And that's definitely not a good sign for South Carolina's offense, at least based off the scrimmage performance. Because if you're an offense that has to rely on explosive run plays happening on the perimeter pretty much all the time, that's just not feasible. It's more difficult to spring explosive plays on the outside than it is between the tackles because you think about it, if you try to spring explosive runs on the perimeter, automatically your ball carriers have a lot more ground they got to cover just to be able to actually gain positive yardage going downhill. So that's not exactly ideal for this offense hearing that. But there is a positive sign out of these comments, which is that the offense apparently did display the ability to continue drives, to keep drives going when in short yard situations on Saturday. 
that at least is going to be the bare minimum that this staff is probably going to ask of this ground game this upcoming season. But when it comes to this area, there still does seem to be a drop-off between the veterans and the true freshman class that has come in this offseason. So, based on these comments, did the rush offense go toe-to-toe with South Carolina's rush defense on Saturday? No, it did not. Would I call it a complete disaster? Not necessarily. There were a lot more young guys that were played in the scrimmage, according to Shane Beamer, and they did only run 80 plays on Saturday. So I will say, we can't make a final conclusion on this rushing attack just yet. Not like I indicated on Friday when I talked about all this. Also, if this offense is working like Gamecock fans hope it will, then this should not be a unit that has to drive the length of the field on every single drive to score points. Now, obviously, there's going to be times where South Carolina's offense, they're going to have to get some of those tough yards in third and short situations, or maybe goal-to-go situations. Those situations are going to happen, especially in the SEC. But we all saw what South Carolina can do in terms of being explosive vertically in their passing game in the last few weeks of the season this past fall. If South Carolina can take that and make that happen throughout the entire course of a season, then you'll at least limit the amount of times in which you'll have to do that. So, again, if you're a Gamecock fan, you're probably going to have to hope that that's how this offense does play, so that, therefore, your offense won't be in so many situations where you've got to just flat-out beat the other team's defensive front physically to keep your drive going. Because it does seem like, at least based off this first scrimmage, that right now... Safkin would not be able to do that. So, again, we will see if that does manage to get better as fall camp wears on. But for now, that does it for today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. As always, what were your thoughts on Shane Beamer's comments? Do you think that Spencer Rattler is truly fulfilling that leadership role now on this football team? What do you think about Nick Harper and what he's doing to challenge Nick Evanwary? And also. What are your thoughts on Antoine Juice Wells and his current injury situation? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or shoot me a direct message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. But once again, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Monday and a fantastic start to the work week. And I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.